I am unashamed. What about you? I got an email saying that I think they said you said, Al, that Jesus could break the Sabbath because we were in. Where were we at? John. John That was in John 5. John 5. Yeah. Because he wrote the law. I think we had made that point about it was how weird was that? They're sitting there accusing him of something that he wrote a few hundred years before. Because God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know, they're one. Which was obviously not the point, because one of the things we've tried to do in the book of John is highlight these characteristics and qualities of Jesus that make him God. You know, when you eventually get to Colossians 2, all the Godhead lives in bodily form in Jesus, and you're given access to that. So obviously when you read a verse in like First Peter where it says in him there was no sin and there was no deceit, if you tried to violate that principle, well, then it would all be for naught. You know, Jesus on a cross wouldn't admit anything if he had sinned. That's right. Then it wouldn't have been an innocent sacrifice. So I was just going to make the point even starting off because we're here in the book of John but you got to remember, it was more about the perception of how he was treating the, the Sabbath and applying the rules. A which, lot of that is found in which the Which would Pharisees. have been the point I would have – I mean, I could have misspoke, made it sound like what well, this right. person said. But the point was – because was, I remember saying, I think in a sermon, and it may have been more but these, these folks heard it, that you can accuse the Sabbath maker of being a Sabbath breaker. Yeah. So, so the point was the people that were listening – Weren't understanding what the the purpose of the Sabbath if they're accusing Jesus who Here's made what, the Sabbath of breaking it. So, that, so that I'll, I'll interject here, being the oldest man here. What they forgot, what they didn't realize, what Jesus did to that cripple, it didn't make any difference when he did it. The day does not matter. They made an issue out of it because Correct. they were not grateful and felt love for the guy who had just been healed. He's in a pile. He can't even move around. For 38 years. And Jesus, in an act of very grateful love for him, said, let me me show you all how you treat your fellow man. This one here is sick. So, and it reminds me of that Romans 13, let no debt, here's what they missed. The law keepers, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, which is what Jesus did for that poor soul. For he who loves his fellow man, that's what they didn't see. You did that on the Sabbath, so you violated the Sabbath. Jesus said, you don't understand what this is all about. This is an act of love. You're supposed to do that every day. Because watch, he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. That's where they went wrong. They said, "Well, you can't work on, on you can't do a work on on the Sabbath because that'd be breaking the Sabbath." He said, but they also interjected their definition of what work was. Evidently, picking up, I mean, carrying the mat was not work. That's right. Which was Jesus' whole point. So watch the commandments: do not commit adultery, do not murder, 
do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, he's carrying his mat, so they're saying he's working. Whatever commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. He's sick. I'm going to heal him because I love him. And you don't appreciate what I just did because you said, when I told him to pick up his mat, you said, oh, he violated the law of Moses because he's working. Yeah, well, love, I went and- love does no harm to its neighbor. They didn't appreciate the guy was healed and said, well, man, that's a great thing. Boy, I, I'm glad you're back on your feet. I mean, good night. You've been lying. You would there think that would be your first these, line, right? You would think. Well, but they were thinking you gave us the law. I mean, thank we're enforcing you God it. That, that he's, he healed you. He is God if he did that. Yeah. So, therefore, love, listen to this, is the fulfillment of the law. You're like, do what? Jesus loved perfectly, but they didn't understand it because the rule, they made it an issue. Because the guy was carrying his mat after Jesus. Just look at the way they were looking. And, and they said, to hell with him, is what they were saying. To hell with him. We're not worried because you can't pick up that mat. The rule says you can't work. You're like. Yeah, it was their interpretation there was no of, love. of the There Sabbath. was no love. There was you know no love I, in their heart. You know what I found interesting? You know, I went to Israel, what, two years ago? And so <clears throat> you kind of lose track of the days. Every day goes by. By the way, that was Romans 13 I was reading from. Right. Good. And so we wake up one day, and I go, the elevator's open. And I'm like, well, this is, well, I went to win in. I went to go in the elevator, and there was a guy standing there. And he said, this is for Sabbath observers only. And so I stopped, and I was like, do what now? I mean, because now, here, this is two years ago, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, this elevator, it today's the Sabbath? And he was like, well, yeah. And so I was like, well, can I take the other one, <laughs> even though it's on the Sabbath? And he's like, yeah, because you could, because to push the button would be, would You're work, on the wrong would, train. would be work, you know? Yep. Well, it made me think, because, and that so whole. So his job was the button pusher? So, you, so I deemed he must not be a believer. That's right. Which seemed contradictory to me. Well, of course, knowing me, because now every that whole day Mr. was filled Rebel. with these moments that were awkward because it was the Sabbath, and we have our faith in Jesus. He fulfilled the law on the cross. Even though the principle of the Sabbath is good, That's take right. a break from time to time. That was what it was initially was designed for. It was, it was made know, for man. Has, Jesus said one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah, so that's what I'm, I was trying to follow. But it made me, while I was in Israel, go read some of the laws because I thought, this is weird that this guy is violating that in an effort for people to get on who's observing the, hey, Jace, the law. He didn't uh, love you. I'm sure he didn't feel, but I mean, <laughs> I didn't feel yeah, like he was making you, he was making you aware of the rule. You were a non-entity. Yeah. You were you were. He did not love you. He what said, I should well, have sure, said is, get you, on the thing. Let's ride together. But if I'd have said, "Do you love me?" He would have called nine one one. Their That's version right. of he would have no. He'd have called the authorities. You're right. And said this guy, you know, made a pass at me. But 
So what I found interesting, though, is when I went and read the laws of the Sabbath, with well, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly where they were, but it had a little amendment in there where it said, and when foreigners are visiting on the Sabbath, they should abide by the rule of the Sabbath. Right. Yep. And so I thought, well, aren't you violating that? Shouldn't we all get on the Sabbath, whether we're – but he was like – he was making it so confrontational because he first he was asking you if you believed it, mm-hmm. and then he was violating it by pushing the button. It wasn't like he was reaching it. He had a remote control that closed the door. I'm not sure how he was doing that. But I just found that fascinating where I thought, we're, here we are thousands of years later. We're still there. <laughs> still and there. this is actually worse than <laughs> – what was going on in John 5? Because you've had thousands of years for people to add to the total of everything you can't do, down to pushing a button or whatever. Yeah. And so that's where we go. It's the same thing in the U.S. Why do we keep writing all these laws, these laws on top of laws on top of laws? And it just it, it's endless. If they had gathered around when they're talking to the dude instead of questioning him, well, what do you say? Hey, you get to bat, you can't walk. If they had gathered around him and said, praise God, you have been healed we love you. It never entered their mind. Mm. They didn't care about him. They didn't care anything why about you, it. Why are you carrying your mat? Why are you carrying well, your mat? Jesus represented that. Who is a he paraplegic said, for three I can walk now. I can walk. I used to have was was tied to this thing. Put said, down the mat, or you're going to be struck by lightning. <laughs> well, the hallmark. I think the hallmark characteristic of the Pharisee, especially I was reading this in John five here. As you guys were talking. It's the same thing you guys were talking about, by the way, when you, I think you guys had a podcast on the miracles and some of the points you made on miracles, and they're like, show me more. Yeah. Um, this is John five thirty nine. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. And I think that that's, that's the characteristic is they took the things of God and they worship the things of God over the God of the things. You know, they worship the, the mm-hmm. Sabbath over the God of the Sabbath. They, they, even the Bible is a great thing, right? I mean, we, yeah. we live by it, but we don't worship the Bible. Listen, we worship it's not the fourth day. I drove up no. to a little church building in the middle of the wilderness in South Arkansas. They all came about the same time. There was about 40 people in the church building. The guy walks up, and he puts his hand on my shoulder. They've invited me to speak. They were going way out there. They invited me to speak, and he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, well, here's what we're going to do. He said, we're going to sing three songs and have a prayer. Then you're going to speak. He said, that's the way we do it around here. If I had said, why don't you just go four or five songs? He would have said, he would have reeled back in horror. <laughs> Look, you think. You think. I think when he said, we're going to have three songs and a prayer, and we've been doing it that way, he said about 75 years. He said, so that's what we'll do today. Well, there was an old woman sitting on the back seat. Yeah, I think you saw I get up and preach. Before. I preach it. And when I got done... There's anybody who haven't obeyed the gospel of Jesus that put give you put your faith. How in many them. responded? Look, no one responded. Okay. And, and look, but when I told them that, I was ending it, meaning if you want to come forth to receive Jesus as your Lord, today's the time. Now's the time. I told you about him. He died for you. He was resurrected for you. He loves you. 
I love you. So, so look, and they all, all of them together, they were like this, looking at me. And they all turned, turned away. They turned their head, looking back. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them, and they all looked in the back, toward the back. I thought, well, I thought somebody was coming, so I looked up there. <laughs> nobody was walking. Is, nobody had hit the aisle. And I looked. Well, I asked that guy later. I said, "Why would, uh, why was everybody look? They all looked back the other way there for that, for about three or four seconds." Well, I said, "What was that about?" And he said, "They were looking at Sister. What he called her name. He said she's the one." And he said, "If you noticed, when they all looked at her, she went." She was saying she approved this listen, message. Listen to the gray beard. Listen to that one. It was like she, the political thumbs up. She he approves said, the he message. He said, "There's a lot of them. It's like this. Down. There's a lot of them." Said no. So would they have like dragged you out and thrown you in the river or something? They put me what, what on trial. Over Probably just a simple up. disfellowship. And that old woman, <laughs> that old woman, had been sitting back there. Did she get the thumbs up? And they asked her about it. They said, "Well, you think you know?" <clears throat> and she said to them, "One of them told me." He said. We asked her about it. What'd you think about the old guy, the old Robinson guy? And she said, I ain't heard of summer like that since Joey, somebody came through there <laughs> in 1944. Oh, he wow. came through here just before the war ended <laughs> and said, I hadn't heard one stacked up until he showed up. So you and made the cut. I made the cut. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't either, but I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> it's a true, true story, and I was a little bit surprised at it. But I'm talking it's about these sad. people were. I kind of want to go back and see what happens with the thumb you go in there, there, <clears throat> You go in there and try to. Say, well, what about four songs instead of three? I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, I've told you my approach. I wish we went to, in the African-American community, they have a tradition that while the preacher's preaching, you're welcome to say, just like in other churches, hallelujah, amen, but they add a third thing. Well. Well. Yeah. well, yeah, well. And what that means is, is after the sermon, when you're shaking my hand, I'm going to put a thought on your thought and show you the error of your ways, because I have a thought that's come to me or a verse. Yep. And I wish we did that, because many times I've been sitting in an assembly hearing a guy preach, and I'm thinking, well, I just <laughs> I want to just explode. Well, Jace, there's a label for you in the religious world, and you know what it is? Be careful. Change agent. <laughs> You're a change agent. Change agent. Well, that's biblical. I was going to say trouble. I don't think I've ever gave a sermon that, or a class that when Jace was in the the audience where he did not come up to me afterwards and add on, which has always been very, I mean, it's like iron sharpening iron. Okay. I'm going to take yeah. that as a compliment. Yeah, that is a compliment. <laughs> let's but take, let's take a quick break. My go-to move when I was a kid was the pulling out of the hair by <laughs> the roots. <laughs> That was so when, you you were you were people were losing hair, but you were the the reason why it wasn't male pattern bonus. It was a friend of Jace. I, I pulled it out. I mean, ask Willie. <laughs> you were just, mean. You he were would go mean. around, and it looked like someone had dropped something all over his head, and his hair fell out. And you said, "What was that?" That was me pulling it out in patches. Because <laughs> if I ever got him down, and look, I would do it because I wanted the pattern to look funny. So then it was. Not just the punishment of having your hair pulled That out. seems rather cruel to me. We were kids, Phil. It was survival. Y'all weren't around. I don't know where y'all were. You guys, but, are, you all were, you guys are mean. It so, was tough. You know what I should do? I should get him 
some hey, keeps. Subscri- yeah, I'm going to get him some keeps for Christmas, and I'm going to say that's for all the times that I pulled your hair out as kids. <laughs> Sorry. So there you go. Maybe we'll send some to Willie. Keeps.com slash door. <laughs> Keeps.com slash door, and maybe Willie will forgive you for what you did to him. Well, Zach and I have concluded we think a lot alike about the Bible. When he he read that John five thirty nine, which is one of my favorite verses in the book of John, because I just think if you were looking for a moment that would clear up a lot of controversy and a lot of Pharisee spirit today in modern day, that's it. And I I thought I had a thought the other day that goes along with what you said is if we could just focus on the Lord of the words, and I mean the Bible, instead of the words of the Lord. There's a huge difference Mm -hmm. there. And so that's why I always tell people, like when they ask questions about what verses should I share or how do I – because you think about all the things we get from doing this podcast. People are like, well, you give me a list of verses. And I'm like, introduce Jesus the best way you know how. Then the then the verses will come, because then it's more real. Nice. It's more you know I can tell you about my wife and how awesome she is because I'm around her. I watch her. I she's a she's an awesome person. Now if I just tried to make it into an outline, well, it's, it's just a you know right. it, 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 it depersonifies. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean it's it's not a, it's not about a message. You know, even we've used the term the gospel of Christ a lot and. It, we don't. It's not the gospel of Christ that saves you. It's the Christ of the gospel. There you the, go. The, it, 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 see, I'm getting him. excited. His you, personhood. When you, you know start I mean? talking about this, this, this excites me because I think it's because a lot of religions, and I don't mean just religions. I mean churches. They feel like God is a million miles away, mm-hmm. and when they go into this building, they're they need to wear their best, be on their best behavior. No four-letter words, because we're approaching – we're going to make in a systematic way an appeal to God. Now, then we're walking out, and the life may be the complete opposite because he's so far away. Even after you just studied the Bible and you read, well, if all those things were true, did he quit watching you Hmm. when you walked out? Does he is he not aware of what you're thinking right now? What you're doing? But I really believe people because I watch them and I'm like, I think that's how they. Well, this, that's not a new thing. That that goes all the way back. It, it's it's to remake the temple. This goes back to the tabernacle and the temple. That we go, we approach this holy place, and then we leave and go and live our lives. And so they've just carried that forward. Yeah. But Jesus, I mean, no, God told the. People in the Old Testament, he was like he he was giving them the same arguments about believing him, yeah. even with a temple setup. I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want your stuff coming. I, I need you. I yeah, need your well, that's, that's John four, just one chapter back. When right. that, that's that's her question. Think about this. She had two two points that kind of parallel tracks that run in John four. About the first, it was the water, and mm-hmm. this woman has to go to this well every single week to get water. She fills up her jug, goes home, takes a bath, whatever, cooks with it. But over the course of the week, that water runs low, so she has to go back to the well to refill, which is how we view church, right? We, right. we go to church, we get filled up, and then we go and we're drained. But, but what she asked Jesus was, she said, where do we where do we go to worship? Yeah. Do we yeah, go on we, the mountain or Jerusalem? He's yeah. like, either but you, place. But you know, what, you know why she was asking it, in my opinion? 
because he got personal with her life and so she wanted to get in a religious discussion. I think so too. She wanted to she avoid. Diverting. That's where I learned these concepts. Look, I've had people like we bring a woman to the Lord and she's like, you know, well, my husband is abusive and a drunk and. So we're like, well, just be patient. You know, First Peter three, maybe he can see in your life. And so finally, when we get him to the to a Bible study, she's living for the Lord. This happened over and over again. Well, we start the Bible study, and he starts arguing Scripture. Like, well, I don't believe that. And I, that's well, in not, the back of my mind, I heard it. Well, right, yeah. Well, I don't agree. Now, what's your church teach about? But I know this guy's life is a wreck. <laughs> So your theology that you now want to argue about is not making transformation. It's not turning in you, into you uh, into a change agent in your own life. <laughs> so you're wanting to argue with me. And so that's when I go to your life. You know, I, I want to get in his life, which has, you know, they're pretty profound moments because I'm trying to get get him to see there's a difference in arguing about religion and verses and denominations and people who are so attached to God in a real meaningful way that it's affecting their life and helping them make good decisions that are obvious to us. Yeah. I mean, you claim to be following Jesus and you're abusive to your wife. That's a major, major problem. By the way, they've made movies and a lot of them on biblical writings And it may be that people view what's written as kind of like a script, but they forget that how in the world could a group of individuals, and you start through these miraculous events and things Jesus did, feeding the 5,000, healing the blind, the sick, and then now somebody says, "I I tell you what let's do, why don't we... They're, they're, they're like a cadre of writers, as some people think. Mm-hmm. Why don't we throw in he was just walking on top of walking on water and didn't sink? He's walking on water. How in the world do you dream up one event after the other surrounding a person? How in the world do you dream up all these stories? You're like, yeah, that'd be a good one, walking on water. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you say, wait a minute. There's too many in here. It's divine. Well, and these people were not geniuses. And this is not a bunch of Hollywood writers. You say, how in the world did they attribute all these things to one person? And 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 they just put them in a matter-of-fact way. You know, when the evening came, his disciples were down to the lake and where they got into a boat and they set off across the lake. Well, they're preparing you for what's fixing to happen. And you say, who in the world dreamed that up? Yeah. Well, then you turn the, ne- the, the one right before, you know, Loaves and fishes yeah, are just going that. out, yeah. <clears throat> feeding 5,000 people. There's a guy all shriveled up. How many does it take before you say, did these, did this bunch just have vivid imaginations? <clears throat> or is this stuff true? Well, if true, you're like, uh, I'm investigating some of the things he did, and guess what? It's working. <laughs> I, I'm beginning to say, I, I want to be with him. Right. And to your point, Phil, I think that uh, the key distinction between this story and any other religious story out there is the, the ultimate story is that the person of God yeah. con- condescends and becomes flesh. You say, now I'm yeah. beginning I mean, to understand how these things could have happened. Right. This was some being here. Oh, man. Because the, re- the rest of them are us 
climbing up to God. That's what Jace is talking about. Jace, they they get caught up in a you know the the, a ritual, a ritual. And you say, well, what about the person who's doing all these things? Could could how could they have dreamed up this many stories one after the other? And amazingly, why would you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're all telling you? the same stories about the same person, and they all end up and say he died, was buried, and raised from the dead. You're like, why say that four times and write that much about just what he did? Why repeat these stories? My answer is, so you can't miss it. (laughs) You can't miss him. And people do. And what I find fascinating is a lot of the stories have different details. Yeah. Which promotes what? controversy and arguments well, well they said well point. mark said Matthew missed said. the point yeah and, <laughs> and and you get the idea you get the different flavor let's take a quick break so uh once again we're enjoying our delicious black rifle coffee um good coffee good great dudes that make it i think that's one of the things that we like about them the most These they guys. want us over yep they're veterans I was, Look, we've always been like really picky about coffee too i was just trained by a navy seal on how to operate a pistol yeah and you know you that you realize there's a reason why we have the most powerful nation on earth oh that's right so from the dudes like that yeah and these guys uh, these guys are all uh, are veterans and we appreciate what they do um they have a great thing they're doing now they've been basically doing every time you buy a bag of coffee they give a bag to veteran law enforcement first responder so you know i mean Love it. they support the kind of things we support so they've come out with a new canned coffee uh, that you can check out at blackriflecoffee.com uh, we're signed up for the coffee club, which is what we would like. So there's a lot of great ways to enjoy this product. Um, it's America's coffee is what we call it. So uh, check them out, blackriflecoffee.com slash feel, blackriflecoffee.com slash feel. You enter the discount code feel, you get 20% off your first order, which includes the coffee club. So check these guys out. It's a great group to support, but the coffee is amazing as well. So, so the reason you have a different it's like it's like you go into a courtroom and you have eyewitnesses of an event, and everybody's going to see a little something somebody else maybe from their angle didn't quite see, and so that's why you have a Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You have four different eyewitness accounts, and John's as we've talked about a lot is the to me the most different because he just kind of comes in right toward the end and gives you kind of the you know just this handful of signs and kind of makes his case. Whereas you look at Matthew. It's a little more from the Jewish mind, Jewish mindsets, a lot in there about law. And he, he has a little different take, you know. Yeah. And, and so every picture, Luke, you know, gives you this one about he introduces a lot of women into it. And to a Jewish mind, they wouldn't have even talked about this story. You that's, know? that's called an embarrassing fact. There you go. Yeah, that's that, exactly yeah, right. Which, which they an would, inconvenient yeah, truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, too, you think about uh, the different writers of, of the Gospels, it's key to make a point that – that the the scriptures are not dictated; they're inspired, That's and, right. and uh, that that is a key difference. I mean, these are inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they're not dictated by the Holy Spirit. And that's why you, when you read the Bible in its totality, you get a lot from everything that you read in it. Because you're right; it's a it's a it's a living according to itself. It is a living, breathing, spanned over time communication. Yeah, that the Holy Spirit inspired people to write, and then the Holy Spirit lives in a Christian. and the same exact. 
principles hold 2,000 years later. Right, yeah. You say, how in the world could you write something 2,000 years ago and the principles apply perfectly to the the generation that's high-tech? I mean, these people, I mean, you talk about low-tech. Right. And here comes this person in a low-tech world doing the things they said he did, and you're looking at it, you're saying, how in the world could you? Uh, Someone said it would take more than a Jesus to invent a Jesus. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, you couldn't even imagine. Well, no. they, they they hold they hold two thousand years later because because they point to a person. Yep. The the, the uh, what was the word you used? The um, principles. They, they're more. It's more than principles. It's the principles point to a person. That's what he's saying here in John five thirty nine. That like you you've read the principles. You've read the, the the message. You've read the Bible, and they all point to me. And I'm standing right here, and you're like, now we worship the Bible. Like the scriptures. They like. They're pointing to me. Exactly. I'm the one that's here. He Immortality is riding on this, on me. <clears throat> and I'll, like, okay. I'll give you a couple examples of that. You know, we've been hanging out in John 5 and 6, and we're fixed to get to 7. Well, in John, they don't have the event that happened before John 6, which is feeding the 5,000 and Jesus walking on the water. In Matthew 14, they have – you know, an event that happened that led to this. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, why am I bringing this up? Because the event was John the Baptist being beheaded, a story we've talked about here on the, on the podcast. But if you go down and read in verse 13, when Jesus heard what had happened, this is Matthew fourteen thirteen, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Because you think, well, why? This is his right-hand man, the guy that prepared the way. I know that was upsetting. And in that and vein, his cousin, and his related. cousin, in that vein of having this terrible act happen because John the Baptist had challenged a marriage that was not spiritual or lawful, and it, he it winds up having his head cut off. In that, this is this is kind of what I want to zero in on about the personality of Jesus on why we put our faith and trust in him. Because you have these two events that we hang our hat on about him feeding the 5,000. I mean, it's just like a wondrous thing. Him walking on the water, I'm like, yes, that's my Lord. Yes, that's my Lord. But he did it right after that had happened in verse 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, this is fourteen fourteen of Matthew, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And then it, get, it goes immediately into the same story that we just read in John where he fed the 5,000 and then he walked on the water. But I just thought, you know what? That's the difference in him and us. And if something like that happens in my life, I, I've got to decompress. I'm mm-hmm. mad. The last thing I'm going to do is look at other human beings, especially if I made them, and have compassion on them and then show these works of God that I'm, you know, I'm for you. People who are paving the way for me and following me are dying over yes, this. horribly. Horribly. And I just thought, you know, you miss that if you just read John, you know, but you read here and you have another detail that I don't want to say minor. It was a major thing that it just happened. But if you don't, you know, when you read them all, you start seeing those qualities come out and you're like, wow. I mean, what a And savior. you never saw Jesus brooding 
are blaming because they had taken John the Baptist out. They, it just He just went on. He just went on. He went on with the mission at hand. Another one I thought about was we did a whole podcast on this question from a viewer that was like, did Judas have a choice? And and it was it came from John, where was that? Uh, six. Six. Yeah, where it says, I guess, let's see, where was it? 65. When he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one – can come to me unless the father has enabled him because he said he had known from the beginning who was going to betray him. And I think I made a pretty powerful argument. You know, y'all remember the day I did that about why I thought he had a choice. Well, one thing I didn't read, which is in the last verse of John 6, it says, Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the 12, yet one of you is a devil? He meant Judas, the son of Simon, who through one of the 12 was later to betray him. I only bring this up because I had another email that they just said, well, they didn't agree, you know, cause they thought they heard it. They heard the podcast and said, well, I don't agree with you, but I, it doesn't nullify, you know, what we think and what we're saying. But right. what I'm saying is when you focus on these qualities of God that I think highlight who he is when you're trying to focus on the being of god instead of the words you know the words are coming to life focus on the being well something innocent is what i just read when he said have i not chosen you well jesus chose him despite knowing he was going to portray him which is hard to get your head wrapped around he he washed his feet he loved him which to me shows the fundamental quality that God is love. But he also in that one statement where he, he said he didn't, didn't have to be a yes man. But did it but in the the one thing that I don't know if you notice is he said, When did I not choose you? <clears throat> well, we're made in the image of God. And part of that image is he gave us the ability to choose. Because guess what? He chooses. He just chooses right every time. And we don't. There's the difference, and that's why we're drawn to him. But to me, my point is, even in someone sending me an email saying they disagree with me, I just look, I'm like, oh, well, let me make sure I haven't missed a fundamental quality of God. And I didn't read very far, and I thought, well, that's, a, that's really hard to get around, that he gave us the ability to choose because he has that ability. So uh, yep. let's take another break. And so you bring up an interesting point, Jess, because a lot of times people ask us about, obviously they know we're pretty knowledgeable uh, in the Bible, and they'll say, you know, I just don't know how to, how to study it or get it like you guys are getting it. And this is a perfect discussion of one thing that we just do naturally. I don't know that I was taught this, but I know that when I study to present it, I want to make sure that I'm presenting it as close to what right. it says as possible. Well, when you're, when you're doing something in the gospel, we're doing the book of John. Every time I hit a section, whether it's for the podcast, I'm preaching, whatever, I always look, because not every story is in, some of these are in all four Gospels, some are in one, some are in two. I always read every other account in the Gospels of this, mm-hmm. what we're studying, because you're always going to get, just like Jay's just pointed out, you're going to get some other things that kind of enrich you and say, oh, well, that makes sense. This makes sense as to why this happened. John, in John 6, on this walking on the water piece, which is where we're at now, he just sort of gives a... Reader's Digest version. He just gives the really just short version. But like Jay said, if you go over to Matthew and you look at Matthew 14 and understand what's going on in his life because of what had just happened to John the Baptist, 
because he retreats again. Like he does this compassionate act. He feeds the 5,000. And then he retreats again. He's still wrestling with this whole thing, with you know the the feelings of it, the the purpose. He's he's still loving people, and he knows what's going to happen. These people are just going to go around, and they're ready for another meal tomorrow because they've missed it. Which we'll get into that later. But he, what happens is, and I don't know. This is one of those things where you wonder Jesus' motivation because you don't always understand exactly what he was thinking in the moment. Mm-hmm. But this next sign that he does where he walks on the water is almost to me like he's just like, I'm fixing to just, I'm fixing to blow their mind. Like, yeah. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, realize kind of with Phil of all things to think up. <laughs> that was a good one. Walk on water. I don't That's know how point. you could invent the invention. <laughs> so he sends them out. And so, and I, I'm in Matthew 14, cause it gives a lot more flavor than the John version, because I, I think it's important to look at it for, from this uh, version of, of the story. So evening comes, Jesus is there by himself. He, he sent the boat out, and it says that in verse 24, the boat was already a considerable distance from land. And Jay's kind of described in a previous podcast about kind of what the, the sea looked like there, which is interesting. It's big. Yeah, it was like a big – it was like down in a big bowl, a series of ridges. Like you just go up another mountain, you go up another mountain, you go up another mountain, but you can see the Sea of Galilee – because I remember when we went to the topest mountain, the, the top of the highest mountain that we could go, I remember our guide saying, look over all the hills. And he said, there's over 70 terrorist groups that you can see from right this point who have gathered around this bowl of Israel uh, to do this country harm, wow. which was real chilling. But it was amazing through all that you could see the Sea of Galilee. So it, so again, which the importance of that is we're imagining Jesus up here. So he sees the boat, and so you get down here, and it says that the boat is being buffeted by the waves because the wind is against it and obviously very strong. So he's watching them try to make this headway. Now look at this. So in verse 25, during the fourth watch of the night, so that's between 3 and 6 a.m. That's when this would have taken place. So literally in the middle of the night, Jesus looks down. He sees his apostles. They ain't making much headway trying to get – I mean, it must have been a pretty good boogaroo of a storm. And he says – I mean, he does. I'm, I'm just – I'm wondering what was he thinking on this moment. Then it says he just went out to him and walked on the water. So like he looks out there. He sees him, huh, not making much headway. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And he goes down and he just walks, starts walking across the water to get to where they are. Which you know you, you know you wonder what what was he, I mean he knew what was going to happen obviously but it was just the power of that moment to me is is amazing and I've always thought when you read something like that because people you when you say well how come there were not more people following Jesus if he was doing miracles which I've said thousands of times because he was trying to get them to focus on him right. the the one who can do the miracles but I think he did a lot of them in ways that were if you were investigating that. You know, just picture them being – they see the miracle, and then you say, we're going to find out if this really happened. Well, you know what would happen. They would put them up there and say, now, what time was this? 
It was 3 o'clock in the morning. So you couldn't see real good, right? <laughs> now, what, right. there was a storm. Yeah, oh, it was raining sideways. You're, you're getting the New York Post, New York Times version. <laughs> yeah. Right. And how close were you to this when it happened? Yeah. Because when, we got these people with some kind of conspiracy theories about somebody walking on And why on water. would he yeah. be walking on the lake at 3 in the morning? Yeah. Who walks on the lake how at 3 in the morning? How much sleep had you actually had? <laughs> had you been drinking? <laughs> well, there was some wine. Oh, you had had a glass of wine. Okay. You're out in the middle of the night. It was stormy you you sure you didn't dream it so i mean i think most people when they would read that they would say nah didn't happen yeah come on man you can't walk on water well go do it again all you can, all you have to do is to go get him to do it right now. Show us that trick again. Show us yeah. the trick. If we saw it again, then we'd believe you. No, and then you Jesus comes up there and is like, ah, maybe later. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's how they. It's never. It's never enough. Never enough. It? It's never, never enough. You, you feed because there's out. always a next doubter. Yeah. That says, well, I didn't see it. Well, I, what about or what you about or me? you're or you're like the Pharisees and you say. Oh, you, you're performing miracles? Well, you must be doing that by the devil's power. I mean, that's, that's the, and that's the ultimate, It's got to be right? another source. If it took the appearing of Jesus every five minutes, including in this podcast, if he appeared to us just off camera, just off camera, and he said, I appreciate you guys. Peace be with you. I'm glad you're pointing the world to me. Then he'd disappear. Mm-hmm. Well, all four of us would say, did you see that? And we're like... Listen, as soon as we went out from here and we began, or we turned to the cameras and said, what's that on camera? Did y'all see that? And they would say, see what? I said, Jesus just appeared here. DJ appeared to us. They would say, yeah, yeah, really. (laughs) That would cause us more trouble than anything that could ever happen to you. Because as soon as we walked out, said we saw it. The cage, cage in there, the one, the guy on the computer. I mean, these guys have come up with this. Deep, crazy it's called it's called story. deep fake. And look, and look, yeah. they, they would hound us right. Oh, you're the one that claimed yeah. you saw Jesus. You and your three buddies there, y'all saw Jesus one day. They would castigate us and and be ruthless toward well, I'll, us. I'll confess. Something. And if it reached the New York Times or New York Post of modern news media, what would they say about you, Jays? We have an eyewitness story. They'd probably just laugh and say they're crazy. <laughs> but hey, it but, wouldn't but, fly. But, but, but going back to John 6, I do think we should at least admit this, that, that and I've done all the Christian evidences and apologetics, you guys know that, and that I've been heavily involved in um, a student ministry for almost 12 years, and I've never seen someone, me personally, come to Christ strictly based on me providing them with evidences of the scriptures or what, how this is true. They exactly. Co- they they, uh, they come. They come because Jesus speaks to their human dilemma. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. So I think when John six says that nobody can come unless the Father draws them. I mean, I do. I don't think that. I think it's inaccurate to portray us as we're explorers in the wilderness and we stumble across Jesus. No, God mm-hmm. has to reveal. Through the Holy Spirit, yeah, and that's where John ultimately gets to in John fourteen through John seventeen. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to you through through the church, through yeah. through yeah. through the ministering of the gospel, through but the messengers, yeah. But it's that's the it's it's His presence that changes us. His yeah. presence. No, so, let's take one last break. Yeah. I I wanted to say this. Uh, one thing I do in Bible studies, I've done it probably a hundred times when I'm sharing with someone, 
I'll ask them to gauge where they're at. I'll say, you know, if you saw a miracle, would that change your life? And what's amazing, because in my mind, the correct answer should be no, because you know Jesus already. But most people say yes. And I'm thinking, that's not a good answer. No. Hmm. And I, you and see? I think, uh, Zach, to your point, that apologetics is is for the believer, really. Yeah. And the encouragement of a believer as opposed to convince an unbeliever. Because the gospel is what is the power to change the life. That's it. I think the apologetic makes us feel better about everything we believe is true. So I've always thought it was more of a strengthening tool as opposed to yeah. evangelizing. Well, it's tool. because people are looking for proof, not faith. And right. Jesus, you know, God said, it's impossible to follow me without faith. So, so Certain of what you don't see. Yeah. <laughs> That's faith. faith is being sure of what we hope for. And certain of what you don't see. So and my point is, going. if you saw a miracle, if Someone I saw, said, I, I got to see it. You're like, no, well, you missed it. But if I saw a miracle, I'd say, of course. Well, so to wrap said, yeah. to, to wrap up the thought of this, uh, I think this is why he did it. So in verse 26 of Matthew 14, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Which I get it. You know, all of a sudden you see. This person walking, they're not sure who it is at first. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. I mean, they're like, which was funny that that they would immediately thank ghosts before Jesus. Scared the daylight. Yeah, I've talked that before. (laughs) You know what they said at resurrection? It's a ghost. ghost. Yeah. They always went, it's kind of like what you said. Oh, he's doing miracles. Must be a demon. (laughs) I mean, we're, we'll... And even the world, think of how many movies there are about horrors and, you know, ghosts and If a reporter and- had been on the boat and he, <laughs> everybody looked up and the news reporter looked up and saw what everyone else was seeing, trust me when I tell you, terror would have entered him too. That's oh, right. that's right. And then he now, would- I don't know what he would have said about it, but he when he saw it, he would say, Whoa. Now, then he would have called his boss and said, I think we ought to do a 10 part series. And his boss would have said, <laughs> Ghost. Yeah. And, and his boss would have said, Now, wait a minute. Let me, let me get this right. You're actually claiming what that bunch of heathen said they saw that day. You're, uh, you're saying, he said, Well, I, I, I mean, I, Phil, it would have been. It was a little early. I mean, but I could see. I mean, it looked like he was walking It would have been Ghost Hunters, That's what episode well, one. So this is. It actually, Do not print that, son, or you're fired. So it actually uh-huh. happens just what you said. Because Jesus says, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. In other words, it's just me. Yep. So look what Peter does. He gives the response you just said Lord, if it's you. The word what? if was a problem. I mean, think about that statement. If it's you, the person we thought was a ghost that you the said. The believers which would are be beginning looking, to doubt. Would, yeah. would, if would, it's you. Would be looking for proof instead of trust. That's right. Yeah. And, what, and he does the same thing. That's good. Tell yes. me to come to you on the water. So what he yeah. says is, I know you say it's you. I know it looks like you. But if it's you, tell me to what, what does he want? One more thing. Well, that was worse than the if when he said, "Tell." then he started dictating policy to a supernatural being. Tell me to come. You should shut up, (laughs) sit down, and listen. What what did you say? Truth over proof? That was good. No, he was looking for proof instead of trust. Trust, yeah. That's that's what Peter, because he's like, you know, if it's you, so I want proof. Yeah, that's good. So, so, So what happens is he gets out. Jesus said, yeah, come on. I mean, you know, he doesn't even rebuke him or anything. He said, come on. He gets out of the boat, and he starts doing it. I'm really doing it, man. Good night. I, I mean, I'm walking on water. And then it said he saw the waves 
He, yeah. he's, remember, yeah. we're in the middle of a storm here. He's out of the waves, and he thought, what in the world? And he starts to say, help me, Lord. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, we got the answer we should have got to start with. Help me, Lord. I'm yeah. drowning. I mean. He got, that's it. That's what I was going to say. That's the point of the He should have just story. said that first. <laughs> that should have been your first line. Help me, Lord. <laughs> with what? With anything you, <laughs> you see fit. <laughs> that should have been. With everything. <laughs> anything and everything. But you know what? what? Say, I, if I could only walk on water, you say, just have faith because, you, you know. You, well, be careful what you wish for. I mean, now yeah. you're you're opening up a can of water. It'd be cool to walk on the water. Shark, you and you say, I'll go across the ocean. What are you going to do after about the first five steps? And a shark says, hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? You walk very far. and so Well, guess what? You're going to need another miracle. Yeah. We're going to have to. Oh, there's a guy named Jonah. He made it. Well, let's go down that road. Because <laughs> you're not going to last long walking on the water out in an ocean. That's it right. just ain't going to work. That's, That's exactly good. right. That's so good. you better get with the guy who has the ability to do all this stuff right. to be graphically simple. Well, that's what I love. He got me on it. That's yeah, what I love too. about these signs. And John, of course, has seven or eight of them that he kind of zeroes in on, but you see them all throughout the Gospels, is that it keeps pointing you back to to who he is. That's right. And these ones like this were kind of little private signs because nobody else knew about this but the apostles. And then, Jason, one of your favorite lines, when he when he get, comes back, he brings Peter back with him. I don't know. I just thought about it. Did he carry him back or whatever? But they get back in the boat, and they worshiped him. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that as it goes forth, Jesus doesn't use tactics like, y'all can't remember the time I walked on the water. I mean, he, he never he, says he, that. He, no. He never goes back to them. He, 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 he says, you know, I'm the one. Y'all holler at me. Let me explain something to you. What you, what you, you know why? Because it's doubt. I think you start, your mind can't believe and process. And you're like, well, it was three o'clock in the morning. There was a storm. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was a. Some kind of dot, some rocks under there. I mean, I think that's why, because that was not what he was trying to do. He's not trying to prove himself through wowing you. He was proving himself more on matters of the heart. It's relational. He had a relationship. But even 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 Peter's experience too. Twice that we know of after that, Peter denied Jesus three times, and then in Galatians it talks about him. Which which goes back to the point about when they say, did Judas have a choice? I'm like, look at Peter. He did just as bad of things over and over that were just embarrassed. I mean, when he just said there Don't you remember the time? Where's your faith? Don't you remember the time he walked on water and you – Peter would have said, "Well, I well, even even post resurrection, I mean, you thought that what yeah. the, yeah. the I mean, what he was doing in, in, I mean, the, in, right. in the Galatians if you were ever going to put it, if Jesus was ever going to use the word idiot, this was the moment with Peter. <laughs> yeah. He should have said, "Hey, well, you idiot! Were, what kind of questions are you going to start telling me what to do? Yeah. If it's me, who else would it be? You there were, moron!" There were a lot that's of what those, I would have said those moments, and uh, I think that's why it's written as much for us as well. We're out of time, man. What an awesome uh, time talking about the scriptures. So the next podcast, Friday's podcast, I'm just going to tell you, you want to start, tell your friends, tell anybody that that follows our family. Uh, We have a big Robertson reveal coming up on the next podcast. So we don't want you to ever miss a podcast. Don't miss the next podcast. Don't miss the next one. It's it's a biggie. So, Zach, it it was good having you hang with us today, too. Love you guys. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.